0: Well cheers Chris, welcome to Chasing the Sun with. Thanks man. man. I suppose we better do a bit of backstory, so I met you most recently uh, after interviewing Jess from Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds and of course the Condors um, at one of your nights. It's Stage Left Nights.
1: Yeah so we do two kind of series of nights, so we have Stage Left Nights which are set in my lounge. Mm -hmm. in. In my place where we do like these five course meals, because I'm very lucky my partner, she's an award-winning chef who's worked in like some of the top restaurants in Europe. Um and we have these live nights that you have dinner with like a well known artist Mm -hmm. and that you know you have five courses and then after the fourth course that Well known artist pulls the chair back and plays a set for about half an hour right in front of you in touching distance. And there's only wow. like eight people in the room. Um, and we've had Jess and Gavin do that. We've had um Shoo-Joo the Gun did one. We had Emily Barker do one. We've got ones coming up with um uh, Abby from the Zootons. Oh, amazing. Uh, Jess is doing another one. Audrey's oh, I want to be
0: at the next Jess one. Oh, yeah, I'll man, us buy a ticket yeah, straight yeah, after. Yeah.
1: Um, and so that's the stage, stage left night. So we've got a few old oh, John Waff from the 1975's doing one. Um, Mo, who is I'm seeing him tonight actually. He was Michael Jackson's keyboardist yep. for the "This Is It" shows that didn't go ahead, and he was with Michael Jackson about four hours before Michael Jackson died. Wow. So at mid, half past midnight, Michael Jackson said, Good night, God bless, Thanks for the, at the end of the rehearsal, yep. and at like four thirty in the morning, the ambulance was cool. Oh, um, and he's a really interesting guy. He's played with like everyone, Stevie Wonder, yeah. and he's doing one as well. So did you, talk, stage
0: did you talk about that night at all? So we yes, we
1: did. So he came on the podcast, and we've arranged to do a. Um, Stage of Nights with him, but what, the Groucho Nights is slightly different, it's not under the name uh, Stage of Nights, it's actually called, just called Groucho Unplugged, Unplugged yeah, and I co-run that, that with um, a guy called uh, James Dale, who is was one of my heroes, wow. and then became a very close friend, so he was in a band called Goldheart Assembly, who weren't that massive, but mm. they were big enough that like they played Glastonbury and stuff like that, Amazing. and he ended up being like, a, like he was a hero of mine, and I wanted to do an episode of the podcast where I they were breaking up, yep had captured the final ever performance. Mm-hmm. We did that, got on really well, and then he was like, oh, I'm going to Madrid, do you want to do some songwriting with me? And I've been a musician and songwriter for my whole life. Yeah. And so we went to Madrid together, and then we were like, he was already running this we throughout Plug, and he was mm-hmm. like, well, why don't you get involved in it? And I started booking acts, so people have been on the podcast, like Ian Brodie, yeah, and sort of. Seeds, Jess, yeah. we got them involved and so I'm, I'm just kind of involved in that night and um, yeah, is like an interesting place, it's a lot of interesting characters yeah. and it's
0: people of the arts as well isn't it, it's a really cool venue man like all of the artists and it was just, you know, from beginning to end I think, who was the artist before Jess? she sang a song called uh, Skin on Skin Really delicate, really. She was, a, I think, an American artist, got one oh, word name. Yeah. She
1: was beautiful. Yeah, so we, we book in, like, because we, we're, we're doing it we're constantly, booking artists, and like, I can't, we did one last week. I can't remember everyone was the last week. <laughs> so that's really bad. I can't remember. But yeah. <laughs> top um, of the top, anyway. Yeah, yeah. No, so I can't remember. So I wouldn't have the reason I can't remember the name, so I didn't book that particular person because uh, I, okay. I normally try and book in the headlines, like Jess and Ian Brody and stuff. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a cool night. The is an interesting place, and so it's got great history, so it's where yeah. Liam um, was banned from. Smashed. There's an interesting book that he was. Um, uh, so he was in. The, there's a famous room upstairs. Next time you're there, I'll show you it. Uh, where it's, it's called the snooker room, mm-hmm. and it's no longer a snooker table. Didn't smash that up. The Patsy, in the, the way the story goes, is that someone came in. Uh, to try and see what was going on, to try and calm him down. Yep. And he threw a little snooker balls the corner. Oh, yeah, and he got banned from there, and that, that room up theres it's got like a, room, like a little corner, little cocaine corner, and it's got loads of, like, so Stephen Fry has got an entire chapter of his autobiography dedicated to that room. Amazing. So it's got a lot of history, Visconti and Bowie used to go in there after sessions and stuff. Wow. Um, and it's just, every time you go in there, there's someone um, interesting. Um, yeah. And so it's kind of a cool, interesting place, and yeah, we run last, Monday
0: of every month we do a live night in there. Beautiful. Uh, yeah, so come down again. Yeah, no, I will definitely, man. I did, I, I did check out the last one. And I was thinking, oh, should I do it? It's Monday night, drinking on a school night because I really enjoyed it, man. It was, and I, I was still able to because normally I, when I go out, I, you know, knock to sixty and point three seconds. Yep. Can't get up the next day, but yeah, I was able to um, function the next day. And as I said, it was a really good night. The the ambience was really nice, good energy, amazing artists, and yeah, yep. it was cool, man. And obviously we got to chat afterwards hence why we're here today. Um, it's a bit so, heavy, one, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Chucking it was. Fucking struggling
1: the next morning after that.
0: <laughs> so I, I, one of
1: the things that's lucky about the Grouch Night is that we get a tab, which we of uh, free booze for all oh, the wow. artists who play. But then not everybody. A lot of the artists don't drink it, and so it's left over. And like, I'm, I have to do a DJ Oh, you have to polish of it off, of course. And, it's all, and often it's always the red wine that's left. But by that stage, I've already had. Ah, oh, that's beers, why he was handing me red wine. And, and then like, finished that like, off. Two bottles of red wine there. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so um that, that's my excuse, and I was fucking hungover the next day. But it was good. And Audrey turned up as well, didn't she? Yeah, she um, did. She did. Is, that was nice.
0: really nice. Um, yes, yeah, so it was a good night. Cool. Um, and this is all back of, of course, the the, the stage left podcast. How, how did that come about? When did you decide I'm going to start a podcast? What you know, what was the reasons, um, and you know, what was what was that kind of defining factor? Because I know we're in very similar uh, industries, kind of day to day, nine to five. Yeah and now I mean you're evidently really really passionate about music and that comes across all of your podcasts every time we've spoke as well you know it's just about music you know the people in music and and that really comes across that passion for for what you love in your podcast and Mm -hmm. I think you know when you can make a kind of living and we'll go on to about kind of monetization that you've already kind of identified one revenue stream of being able to bring people together to enjoy that experience um yeah, where, where where did the podcast start? So I've been a musician
1: for my um, whole life, and um, I was on the cusp of doing some really really cool things so Sing a songwriter, I was signed to a, a record contract, stuff like that. and wow. um, Publishing contract, but never went anywhere. Never nothing ever really to, to write home about. Mm-hmm. And then when the financial crash happened in two thousand and eight, I was like, I'm not gonna make any money for the next few years. This is gonna be bad for people. Why don't I fuck off to university? Oh. I've never been to university. None of my family ever been to university. I yeah. do a music degree mm-hmm. just to have a different. Experience. Yep. So I did that first two years in Bournemouth um, and then the course got cancelled because the coalition government had come in and stripped away the funding for the course that I was oh, on. So shit. we all had to fuck off to somewhere else, which was Brighton. I went to Brighton. Yep. And it meant that the, my whole last year, um, all my marks kind of were on this kind of last year. Yep. So nothing carried over, carried over. But by this stage, because I went to uni, late I went to uni between 25 and 28, mm-hmm. because I'd had a lot of industry experience and stuff, it was I did reasonably. I think this have to writing new material. I was I was knocking out tunes I'd like written four or five years ago and
0: getting great and stuff like mm-hmm. that.
1: And then, but it bugged me why I never made it.
0: I was no, like, no, what, really? Why,
1: why didn't make it? Yeah, yeah. And then,
0: what was the defining factor? Why did it happen to some people? Why yeah. does it not happen to you?
1: So the yeah, and and I kind of wanted. The, uh, the podcast kind of helped me understand that, which was really, really therapeutic, and um, I'll come to why that was in a minute, actually, um, but the, where the podcast really came about is that when I was that bit, bit older, in Brighton at, say, 28, mm-hmm. I was teaching at, uh, sorry, I was, I was uh, attending at a place, uh, a place called Bin, which I now do some work for, actually, um, and I got on better with the tutors mm-hmm. than the students who were 19, 20, because I was, like, 28, because they happened to be in a lot of bands that I grew up liking. So like one of my main shoots a guy called um John Stewart great uh great influence on me and he was a band sleeper. Yeah you know, Jake Shinford from My Life Story. Um but yeah, just people from bands that I kinda of grown up in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Um go in the pub with them and then Jake after like three or four pints was like Oh yeah, like my band were the only band to open for Oasis. Um, sorry, no, Oasis opened for my band and stuff. Oh wow! And, and he was like halfway through the series of eight dates, we started realizing that more people were there for the support band than Oasis and them, and they had to flip it halfway through. And I'm like, that's amazing. And he was like, yeah. And then we supported Stone Roses in Japan. I was like, like Someone needs to tell your story. Yeah, like, yeah. Just because you aren't, you know, and Jake's done some really cool stuff. But Um, like, I was like, someone needs to tell your story. And then, then what then happened was the arts funding in the UK was ripped out. Mm -hmm. and tuition fees went up and I started noticing there was great artists who were influenced on me like Bowie, Tom York people like that who had got free education Mm -hmm. um, and and wisdom if you like um, for free uh, in the arts who went on and did great stuff and thought well there might be people who slipped through the net who won't get that wisdom now so why don't I tell the story of the unsung hero behind the success so the stage left musician so not the front man oh and
0: that's where the name comes from Exactly, I also a big Noel Gallagher fan, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah,
1: yeah. and so tell the story of the person who stage left, um, whilst providing free educational content for young musicians going into the industry, that's always been the mission statement, mm-hmm. um, I've once or twice in the kind of 65, cent episodes veered away from that sort of, like when Stuart Lee said that he was a fan of the podcast, who Stuart Lee's in my like top three influential people of all time, wow. and he's a comedian, I was like, Right, yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. work away, work around this, you know. Um, so we, we veered off that a couple of times, but mainly it's always the people who are kind of not necessarily uh, in, the,
0: in the spotlight. Yeah. Um, and what happened was, I. So if no rocks up, you're not going to go all well, actually. Exactly. Well, your stage left, but Liam, you're exactly. going to have to... Uh... <laughs> and, and the weird
1: thing is, I know both Noel and Liam have listened to the podcast, which is oh, fucking insane, yeah. Um, and, yeah, lots of interesting stories around kind of their members of their bands and stuff like that, because I've had most of those, you know, people from both sides.
0: Of that yeah, band. and I think that's where I got most into it, because when I was like, holy shit, Mike Rowe, oh my God, Gem Archer, oh my God, Russ Pritchard, you know, and I kind of started, you know, and I was like, wow... You know, and a lot of it's like because Mike Rowe was the first ever episode, and I just
1: happened to send him a message on Facebook. So we had a mutual friend, so uh-huh. we were friends on Facebook, but you had like a friend
0: meeting you know, Yeah, and yes.
1: And I just said, I've won tickets to go and see Nol do a sound check at the O2. Wow. Whilst I'm already having tickets to go and see them in Paris two days later. And I was like, I'm pretty much going to be like traveling on the same Euro style, like going from one venue to another, going to the sound check. I thought, I'll message Mike Rowe like see if he's up for doing it. First yeah. one. And he just replied, and he went. And, and my, I've seen Mike a number of times since then. Yeah. And like, I always say this to him: like,
0: I owe everything to Mikey Rowe. Yeah, he this went, is where it started. Yeah, mate. This and was he, the catalyst. That was the what? The, the first domino in the line before they all started knocking down. Absolutely. And and he said,
1: and he went, okay, let's meet for coffee in Paris. And I was like, fuck, I don't know what I'm doing. It I'm <laughs> just winged I'm here it. Just I'm say yes. yes work like it out that. when you get there. Yep. Yeah. And we went to Paris. We did it. He's the nicest bloke, in rock by. Far apart from Dave Grohl, you know, he's yeah, the nicest yeah, boat you yeah. possibly meet. And then I upload it to the internet thinking a few of my mates will listen to it, yeah. a few Oasis fans, and look like looking at the listens, oh it's had like 47 listens and stuff. And then on the Thursday, four days like I released it on the Monday, and on the Thursday, it just all these listens started happening. I was like, what the fuck's happening?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And he works with someone called Cheryl Crow, who is massive in like she, so she know that like she's massive in her own right as a songwriter. Yeah, she's also got very high profile because she's been married to Lance Armstrong. She support. She used to be in uh,
0: Jackson. Michael Jackson support band Correct. as well, didn't yeah, she? Yeah. Right. yeah.
1: So she had listened to it, and I didn't know how to do it at this stage. Got the photo of me and Mikey from the SoundCloud, which is what I was using at the time, yep. as the play button, and put it in a tweet. And on a Facebook and shared. It's 1.6 million people. Wow! Three, four days after the, the podcast. Amazing. And I was like, "Fuck, I do not right want to do Right
0: place it. at the right time. That was just like.
1: And she said, and she said in a tweet, "This is great. If you listen to my old friend. Uh, watch out for bad language in it because I saw a few times. so yeah. Sorry
0: for people listening." <laughs> for um, <laughs> so fuck and off, and off at the yeah. For but I can't get it out of <laughs> out of
1: the Um Yeah, and then from there, I mean, probably what you will have now. You have Jess on, is that you can then start saying so that so. In your, in your kind of sales pitch to people, then you go to is you say, okay, so um, this was recorded and was shared to 1.6 million people by Shell Crow and it's recorded the week that Noel Gallagher's High Flight goes were number one in the UK charts in Paris. Yeah. Would you like to come on? Wow. You send that to enough people, yeah, yeah. people will go, yeah, of course, especially given they stage left musicians, and actually not many people ask them. Yeah, yeah,
0: be, they it. want to know their story rather than yeah. the star itself. So sounds um, it's like, you, as you're saying, the unsung heroes, you know, yeah. the real kind of backbone behind the kind of scenes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then from there we had
1: Lawrence Juba, who uh, was Paul McCartney's guitarist on Wings, and he's won a couple of Grammys. And then off the back of that, this is you know this is the payment in that comes from podcasts, which is I people don't make much money from podcasts at all, and that goes to the very top. But the payment is things like Lawrence Juba played on my record, double Grammy winner for free, just on my record play guitar parts, and he's he's an absolutely legend. Shane Keister, Paul McC- um, Elvis Presley's pianist, played wow. with the King, is playing a C three organ. Uh, in Nashville, for free. Just as thank you for being on the podcast, um, and and lots of things like that have, have kind of come from it, which is which is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, and it's taken you around the world as well. You've been to Paris. Have you been? And yeah. where else did you go? You said Barcelona. So
1: Barcelona was good. So that was to interview Dan McDougall who is um, Liam's uh, who is yeah. Liam's uh, drummer and plays quite a significant role in Liam's band. So I think he gets. I think a lot of Liam's band get a little bit of stick, and the band are aware of that, unfortunately. Yeah. But like, well, Oasis is a tough act to follow, isn't it? They are. Um, but Dan, like, for instance, is he's an incredible songwriter. So the reason he was in is in Liam's band is that he was the person who was chosen to bring Liam's songs to life from the demos. Because mm-hmm. he plays every instrument going and is an wow. amazing songwriter. Yeah. Um and is an amazing musician. And in many ways, like I think Dan uh, not could take or leave being with Liam, but he's got plenty of other things that he has got he's on the horizon. Yeah he, yeah, he he's not kind of like um, oh my god, I've got this like dream. Gig. He's you know he's, he's yeah, an amazing yeah. drummer. Um, and in fact, he's an amazing drummer. But that's probably like the like not his mainstream to his body. Oh, he's just great. He plays everything. Um, so we did that, and like I'd had a really heavy night out the night before um, in in Barcelona. And when we did the interview, I lost my voice, and um, <laughs> it's really shocking to listen to. Um, yeah, and I completely lost my voice, and he was kind of nursing me through it. He had to do most of the talking, uh, which is the way it should be. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, that was pretty cool. And, and I guess kind of the, cool, the you know the funny story about travelling was Rome. So Russ had uh, this is a bit of an insane story, uh, so stick with me on this. Yeah. But so Russ arranged. They, were, they uh, uh, Noel was supporting you two in. Rome, yeah, and Russ arranged for us to get on the guest list through Null. We're the only people on the guest list, which is very, very special, but it's quite a, a rigorous process to get onto you two's guest list. Wow. and you have to fill in forms and oh, everything, yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, we go out there, me and my best mate Steve, and we're like, I, I prepared for this interview so much. He was obviously in the zoo, on suit, colour Valerie and stuff. Yeah,
0: I saw him at Brixton, and uh, Great I, 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 we had some mutual friends, and we'd hang out with him. Nice, yeah, 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 and he's super people. cool, really lovely human being.
1: So we get there and we're staying right by the Spanish steps. You've been to Rome before? To no, start. I haven't. Go there, it's, it's, it's my favourite city in Europe. And uh, get there, and someone on the Spanish steps, it was like Fate, was playing Valerie. Right? Wow. And I was like, so I went up to her and I was like, I'm interviewing the person who kind of co wrote this in the morning. Uh, any questions? And just straight away, she was like, through broken like, Italian language, she was like, just like, oh, so why did Amy Winehouse do this? It's like, no, no, it's nothing too relic in Wines. This is late. Anyway. We go to this is probably the like, if I ever say to people was you know best day of my life and the worst day of my life, it was that day. And really? that's no exaggeration. This is gonna go down an interesting uh web we we'll
0: can go to. Okay, <laughs> so I, I need another glass of this. One. Yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> you want
1: right. up? Yeah, go on then. <laughs> So I go to am uh, with our best mate Steve and we've been in bands for years and done some really cool stuff, and we never quite made it. And we have this manager called Joel who did everything for us, he paid for us, he basically gave us a wage to be in a band and recorded like in St. John's Wood, his home studios and stuff and he wow. gave us amazing guitars and all that kind of stuff. And we kind of owed, owed everything to, to him in many ways. I go to interview Russ at this amazing hotel that they're staying at, fucking amazing place yeah. with you two. We do the interview, get on like a house on fire, do a fantastic interview, do a video outside and then he's like, oh Mikey wants to see you, he wants to catch up. I'm like, nice. Yeah, gone. Still a bit warm. So he's like. Do you like one or you want two? Yeah, what see there, thanks. Thank you very much. No job. So, Russ goes. Okay, Mikey wants to see you outside. and like just to catch up come down by the pool with this and I'm like fucking hell this is great but because the interview was about like 1 o'clock and I was a bit nervous before the interview I hadn't eaten anything in the morning I was like look let me get something to eat by the pool and I'll come over to Mikey." so sitting there with best mate Steve like literally my best man who, like, who's, who's you know when I got married and like just the closest mate been in the bands for years we've written together yep. he's one of his heroes his getting and we're sat there and I get a message from the Facebook messenger saying that Joel our manager died Oh no.
0: I'm
1: like fuck this is like moments after like a real peak. So then, we're like, shit, we've got to process that. And then we looked up, and then Gem was sat on the next table, and I'm like, "Puck, Gem's there? And Steve's like, oh my god, this is insane. Like Gem's there, Like, And then we're processing all this information at the same time. And we're kind of a bit starstruck by, by Gem, but we're just trying to play it cool.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We finish what we're eating, we walk around to where Mikey is, and then Mikey would be the nicest person ever, just... Puts, like it's basically talking about how great a podcast is and like just very complimentary with Russ, two of them. Amazing. And then Russ goes, "You want to get Gem on? I'll get Gem on for you." Right? He said, "Watch this." So he goes up to Gem and he says to Gem, "Chris, this is Gem. You've got a car, Gem. You've got a car on this podcast." And, my, and then he's going, "No, no, I don't know what podcasts are. I don't know what blogs oh, are. And stuff like that." Him. Yeah, he, said, he went, "No, no." And I had a
0: business card. I remember when he joined Twitter for video, just a shambles. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh he he, he, uh, no, it was Instagram. It was like Gem Archer, be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So he's not. He's not
1: like. He's not really into kind of modern kind of social media and stuff like that. So he didn't really know what podcast was. So Mikey yeah. and Russ are then selling my podcast to. I'm not even saying anything. No. That's how
0: so you can tell you've got a good product when there's other people selling. it. You've got Cheryl Crow. Yeah. No, yeah. That's got, true. Got, Pink, yeah. you got. got. Yeah. Uh, you've got Mikey and Russ. Russ. So I said.
1: And I told him the Tony Visconti story, which I could tell in a moment, which is essentially Bowie Bowie listened to the podcast and sent on Tony Visconti to do the only interview about how Bowie was recording Blackstar before he died. Mm. Um, And we released, I recorded New Year's Eve, we sent it to Bowie on the Wednesday, he approved it, listened to it that day, I released it the Friday and Bowie died Sunday night so it was the only wow. the only kind of record about how he was called Black Star, which completely turned, made the podcast he, he Yeah, and you think
0: and that's where Noel got the name Black Star dancing
1: yeah maybe yeah I think it probably was actually yeah. Yeah. it's got
0: to be because it's very Bowie-esque isn't it it is
1: Bowie-esque yeah, yeah. Um, so, so again so, so then I told that story to Gem about Foscone and he loves Foscone because of his production and T-Rex stuff and I think T-Rex is a big influence on heavy stereo so Gem goes from going no I'm not doing it to within 30 seconds going I'll drive to you and wow. Like, fucking hell. Put down that shit. Amazing. Back so then we are walking away and we're flying. Like, we're literally like, we'll see it at the gig, we'll see Rome Olympic Stadium. We're walking away and Steve was like, my well, best man, Steve was like, that was like a dream. That's so mad. And then we're still processing movies about Joel and stuff like that. So anyway, we then go to the stadium, go to where you pick up the guest list, and there's only two people on Noel's guest list, me and Steve. And we were like, how magic is this? As we're pulling out the tickets, I hear Steve go, oh my God, what? Joel, our manager, he's taking his own life which we didn't know about. We didn't know that he was in that state, in that place. Yeah, sure. And we were like, fuck, fuck. So then we're walking into the stadium and we're like Having trying to process with that. this. Yeah, Jesus. sit down and they're on early because they're supporting you two and they play this and I don't just say I've seen like Gallagher Brothers play gigs, you know in various forms like probably four, 30, 40 times and they sounded the tightest I would say uh, like it was just a really professional outfit I think it was just after Gemma oh hang on let me guess right. I want to say I think it was just after Gemma joints, so it was like oh and Chris Sharon as well because yeah, so it just yeah, had yeah. Like, really tight acts, mm. like they were just all on it we enjoyed that then we were like, okay, during U2 we need to just like, watch a bit of YouTube and we need to talk about that with Joel. Yeah. So we spend the evening kind of talking about Joel, reminiscent about him. We watch U2, which I'm not a big fan of him, but it was an incredible show. It's the... Yeah. Um, Josh Joshua the Tree, yeah. amazing. Then, and we're like, this is the craziest day ever, the highest and the lowest you could be. Our phone's run out of battery, because we're taking so many photos and videos <laughs> throughout the day. We go for something to eat at like one in the morning. I get back to the hotel, plug in my phone, Steve plugs in his phone, and he goes, I've got a load of missed calls from mm. my wife. So I checked my phone, I opened it up, and she had found some old messages I'd been sending to a girl and she said, I want a divorce. Holy shit. Oh, Fucking hell.
0: So your band manager so your band manager and the divorce. On the same day the same as what night. was I would still there were times where it's like that, so that's the like, same Yeah. yeah wow. So Rome's very much What part. a shift, because that was like an end of two things. However, the beginning of this podcast.
1: Do you know what? I'm, I didn't think of it that way, but you know, I know you're into mental health stuff and yeah. I now deliver resilience and stress management training. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I always think of is that in the Chinese language, there's only one word for crisis and opportunity. And whenever there is a crisis, I always, or something that stresses me out, I kind of think, what's the opportunity in the crisis? Yeah. And parking, Not this isn't related to Joel bit, but the personal thing that was going through the divorce, it was like... This is fucking terrible. Like, I did see coming. I've now got to deal with this. And retrospectively, incredible things have happened in my life. And I've met my partner, villa which she's absolutely fucking amazing. We run the supper clubs together, and, like, you know, we're very, very settled, and things are wonderful between us. Yeah. And um, she's very, very special. And all these other things that have happened wouldn't have happened if I'd stayed in that world. Yeah, know. yeah, and yeah. Even geographically, like, I was living in Romford, which I lived in for, thir- yeah. excuse me, for 34 years. And now living in more central London and that kind of thing, the opportunities that's created, the Groucho stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. all the other stuff. So, you know, I'm not saying it was a blessing in disguise cause it was a horrible day yeah, from that course. aspect, but it was just the most fucked up day. And Joe Russ rang me the next day, so I sent a message saying this yeah. is what's happening, Russ rang me the next day. And, like, yeah. yeah, and it was just a fucked up time in my life. And, um, you know, I, it, and one, I remember having a conversation with a, a mate, and I felt really guilty about it when I said it because I was just like, I, was, I guess I was clutching at straws, but I was like, well, at least I can kind of spend more time on podcasts, which I kind of thought, that's such a shit thing
0: to yeah, say. But, no, but um, it's allowed you to now allow that to flourish. I mean, I'm going through a similar similar kind of thing now. Yeah. I'm going through a divorce, came out of a relationship in an environment maybe where I wasn't able to grow or live to my full potential, um, not been able to do stuff. Um, and now I'm kind of in my own environment and I've got the freedom to do this as much as I like and build my other businesses and stuff. Um, whilst you know it is a very difficult thing I've got no doubt that it is probably the best thing ever to happen to me mm. you know and it, it is how you as you were saying about mental health and stuff it's how you reframe these things but going back to uh, so when you were saying I had a little chuckle I, I we went to a gig in um, Hammersmith it was the first time I'd seen Oasis at their peak in a small venue oh played, I think I
1: went that night Hammersmith Apollo yeah
0: yeah so, so yeah that night that's great gig Turn up the Sun starts. This is the yeah. opening number. I get a text from my mum. Whatever's in your Xbox is now down the toilet. She found RFO. <laughs> at the time, I was knocking out really? three. Yeah, <laughs> and I was and then I, I was consumed by that like, fear yeah. that I couldn't enjoy it. I couldn't enjoy the gig. So when you said that about being at a gig but not being able to enjoy yeah. it, I, I, I just relived that fear, and I was like, it's a shame,
1: mate. Shit. I was at a gig. That was a fucking great night. That was, um, yeah. What I did that night was. Well, it's really hard to get down the front for a racist gig yeah. But if you go to the side of the stage that Gem and Andy were on It was actually really easy So I ended up round the front Because everyone goes well, I'm going to be right in front of Liam Right in front of Noel an yeah, And you yeah. just kind of get this really easy route there. So I managed to get right down the front for that That was a, yeah, that was a good gig that was a good Yeah, gig. yeah So yeah, some heavy shit happened on that day yeah. But it was, uh, you know I genuinely say there was some of the happiest moments of my life Happened on that day as well Yeah, yeah, happened it's mad,
0: time. so bittersweet, man yeah. And they say, you know, like, that is almost like yin and yang, you know, you've got the good bits, the bad bits, and it's, you know, it's life at the end of the day, man. Cool, so off the back of um, Stage Left Podcast, you've now developed Stage Left Nights, and, you know, and where did that idea come about? When did you decide to kind of branch out? So you started to get some traction with the podcast, that's now growing at a steady rate, and you're getting Cheryl Crow, you know, Retweet your uh, the well. That's four
1: years ago. I mean, we've had like David yeah. Gervais retweet stuff and like David Badil
0: and like. Oh, amazing! I mean, not, you know,
1: they're, 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 but like all bands and you know, I'm trying to think. It was the biggest retweet. But I can't think, but yeah. yeah. I mean, um, yeah. So, so that kind of stuff has, has happened kind of gradually over the years. And but you know, which which is great. I think the biggest thing that happened in regards to um, so the Bowie thing was big, but also like Fox News did an article as well. Oh, on, really? Yeah. So that was like on. Um, uh, we did an episode with a guy who was in guns uh, who is still in guns and Roses called Richard Fortas and he let slip that they were release, you know recording new material and that oh. just went massively viral. Oh. And this will happen with your podcast. Like someone will say something or do something yeah. and you don't want to trip them up. You you know, always check with the artists that they're happy for everything. They obviously you've yeah, yeah, got yeah. a final edit of anything that goes out. And yeah. I have had to edit stuff out in the past that they yeah. didn't want to go out and that's fine. Um and uh yeah and and yeah Fox News and, and being in Daily Mail, I hate fucking Daily Mail, but at least, <laughs> yeah. I, at least you know you're getting decent, credible, yeah, source, you know, because <laughs> it's coming from me, but yeah, so Daily Mail, like National Papers, and uh, the, the one that was a bit tricky was, I felt a bit sorry about it, was the episode I did with Paul Gallagher, mm. it got picked up and then there was a story that went a bit viral, yeah, so it's, it's a little bit tricky that I know it upset Paul a little bit that an article was written about and misquoted... Oh, Stuck yeah, they take a, a certain aspect of it and then... And I do know that that upset Noel quite
0: a lot. Oh, really? Um, and that damaged their relationship. Oh, shit. Yeah, because yeah. I noticed that he's not as, thingy, as friendly as uh. anymore. So I hope that wasn't the catalyst. Yeah. But no, I, just, I, I was told by one of Liam's band that... Um, yeah, Paul
1: had appeared on a podcast uh. and he'd said something that upset Noel and now he found it from the gigs. Yeah. yeah. And we know that was... Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully they're like, all right now, but... Yeah, thanks, man. Um, hopefully they're all right now, but you know, so you got to be a bit careful. You don't want to upset people. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But then you, at the same juncture, you can't control what's reshared. Do you know what I mean? And in what context they they report it. Do you know, that that is something that's a bit scary. Oh, so like he's oh, fucking, here's a good one.
1: It's a flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers responded to one of my tweets, and it's a scary world when you wake up because the time difference lives in America, and they are like, there gets to a point where notifications on Twitter you Don't get all the, they just stop telling you about a notification that one tweet because there's oh, too really? many. Yeah, I've, I've only had this once or twice, and it's like, fuck. and it's, and then he actually, then like people were abusing you and stuff like that, like just red hot pepper peppermints are just like, really? Yeah, well, what context weird. was that then? It was just, I can't, it what really, I just wrote about something to do with, like, I love you back, your backing vocal on, on something, and he responded, but it was his first tweet in like two years. Oh, really? It's really fucking weird, I, yeah. I swear to you,
0: yeah. It's like, um, this is like inter- you're fucking in the right place at the right time for all of these different things. Nah, well maybe. But it, was, it is. It was, yeah, it was... You can't like, fair enough once or twice, but if it's consistently yeah. happening then you're obviously doing something right. I think that's probably just coincidence, but yeah, I mean, yeah. There it's... is no such thing as coincidence. No, no. I'm more of a fake man. Yeah. 100%. I think Mr Echo is like lost... you can't keep getting it right time and time again. You're in the right place at the right time as many times as possible. And because you've got a good reputation and you're building a good network of people, it's as you've already said it was other people reckon, recommending you to all of these different artists. Mm. So you're evidently doing something right. And you're probably the only one podcast probably within the UK in that kind of music genre that I have consistently listened to. Yeah. Yeah, that's you good. know, and that was even before I met you. So when they said, yeah. "Oh, that's Chris from," and I was like, "Piss off!" and I was yeah. like, "Seriously, I had to come and say hello." Do you know yeah. what I mean? Introduce myself, and now here we are.
1: Yeah, here we are.
0: Yeah, um, but yeah, so. Uh, uh, and now I want to come to one of your nights. Yeah, do yes. Yeah. So, so, so the soccer club's great. So where that came about is the, the
1: villa. My partner is, as I say, an amazing award-winning chef, and people come for the food, right? So, like the food, I'm not just joking. Is fu- like yeah, we, we had people at Jesse's one who went. That is the best meal I've ever had. And I've gone I have gone I really kind of even say. and they were well like, No, that is the best meal I've ever had and yeah. they're Oasis fans, And like it there. looks yeah. it as
0: well, it's like proper it's, Yeah, yeah,
1: she's like so she did her she did the equivalent of a, of a chocolate making degree in Bruges. Wow. She's a pastry chef who's learned the skills of being like an all round chef doing loads sort of things and stuff. And like the amount of like last one we had like people like that's the best pork belly I've ever had, and like that's best meal I've ever we have that all the time and I'm not just saying that. Yeah. So people come firstly just come for the food but also um... Do you ever get donuts. home and
0: you've got nug- nuggets and waffles?
1: Yeah we, we like our dirty food. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like a bit of beige. Food. Yeah
0: yeah yeah. Oh, <laughs> or is time. it every night just like... Maybe I had a Domos last night, so that's
1: oh, like, oh, yeah, amazing. she loved it, she had like chicken chicken, yeah chicken, uh, Dippers and all that. So, yeah, yeah. So, we love all that stuff as well. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm very lucky to be with someone like that. And so, she wanted to have run a supper club. That was her dream. And I was like, straight away, in my business head went, okay, so what's a USP? What's a unique mm-hmm. selling point? And then we were just like, initially, we said, why don't we do it like a podcast and a meal? Yeah. But then the first person we asked was John Woff. And we were like, it was in 1975. It was mm-hmm. fucking massive. Like, you may yeah. or may like, not but they are a massive, massive band. And he was like, yeah, I'll play something.
0: Which Amazing! Yeah, yeah. And then the next one,
1: yeah. Like I'll yeah. play, I'll play, I'll play. Um, and like that has had some very, very special. So nights. then
0: now is that what you punt to artists? Say right. So this is the format. Yeah. Da da, da, da. And, and then, like, then, we and... pay well.
1: I mean, yeah. So the tickets are expensive, yeah. as you would expect if you're going to have dinner.
0: Yeah, yeah, With yeah. like
1: you know, uh, you know, a five-course din- meal yeah, with yeah. someone, and people flying from Sweden for it. Wow. People have have travelled down from Leeds. I don't know, it's not that far, but used no. to be Leeds to London as an effort for like just just a dinner. Yeah. But, um, but it's because you get to watch someone play your favourite songs around you people in tears because Amazing. imagine like a band you really loved yeah. and they're playing your favorite songs yeah. right in front of in front you, of you right? and we've had a lot of that um, and yeah we've we've had uh, yeah lo- loads of cool people do it and the special one for me is i remember six months before we did it we had there's an artist called she drew the Gun who i'm a big fan of who really um, like my partner was in the kitchen doing some cooking and she was dancing around and singing to one of her songs and within six months reason she comes playing that something like that. And it's like priceless. Again, Absolute No prices. coincidences. Yeah, maybe. So Mr Echo in Lost said never mistake fate for coincidence. Or did yeah. he say no no actually that might be wrong. Maybe it's never mistake coincidence for fate, what it was. Yeah. yeah. Never get them too confused. But yeah, um yeah so the Supper Club's going well, we've got loads coming up. Um, and but we're moving so we're moving it looks like I'm gonna to move to Clapham so we're just finding a, a venue place that's
0: big enough to big enough. Yeah. And, yeah. and we've had
1: offers to do them
0: on bigger so stages. Do you have it in your
1: in, in your our house? Lounge. Yeah,
0: yeah. Not yeah in our house. So where you live? Yeah. So you, so when you're looking for a new place, you have to make it's got sure the right it's right size.
1: Yeah. Hey, on my phone right now, we are we're literally she's sending me through, probably five right now on Rightmove and like open rent and stuff. Yeah. Um, and the criteria is has to have a dishwasher because there's so much washing up and it fucking drives me nuts when we ain't got a dishwasher at the moment. <laughs> criteria is got to have a dishwasher, got to fit enough people for the supper club, and got to be nearer to the station so that people can. will
0: come to, to yeah, the yeah, club, yeah, yeah. supper club. Um,
1: yeah, and so, uh, yeah, we've got John Watt doing one in a, uh, on the 16th of October, doing one uh, a tribute to John Coltrane, like a sax player. Wow. Uh, we've got, uh, so Mo Pleasure is doing one on the 1st of October, so that's quite soon. Yep. And he's going to play like Michael Jackson songs that he played at the last rehearsal and stuff like wow. that. Yeah, which is going to be fucking amazing. Yeah.
0: Um, and, so, if yeah, there's any MJ fans
1: out there? Yeah, a lot of MJ fans are going to. And I've got to deal with the fact, so he came on the podcast and we, we've talked about. It's a delicate conversation, but I say, you know, yeah, of finding Neverland documentary, or no, leaving Neverland documentary, yeah. um, how has that impacted you as a business, you <laughs> know, like, yeah, that's quite, quite a big thing. And yeah. I'm a little bit worried, you know, advertising something for Michael Jackson's title at the moment is a bit kind of ground, so, um, but I hope, that, you know, we'll still bet you fine, I think, because he's got his big love no, name, and course, he's, yeah. he's got a big following, and he, I mean, he hasn't just played Michael Jackson, he's played with everyone. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so they're, they're quite good nights, and, um, yeah, lovely to come
0: to one. Yeah, I will. When's Jess going again? She said. <laughs> she said. So when. She originally it was going to be October. Yeah. But it's
1: Basically, who's the, who's the person who's calling the shots on dates in her diary? Yeah. It's not Gavin Yeah. Who's the second person? Gavin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. so it's got to just work around. But she's up for doing it. Yeah. Uh, Audrey says she's up for doing it as well. Oh, wicked. that'd be interesting. Um, yeah, so so I'll let you know when that is. So we just Yeah, definitely. I suppose to Jess yesterday. Yeah, you know, how much though. are the tickets? it's dependent on the event.
0: Oh, okay. I would
1: cool. say Jess, is, the last one we did for Jess was 100 ticket. Cool. Which you're only getting, you're getting a five course meal and yeah. booze and Jess playing literally like touching distance, yeah, 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 and there's yeah. only eight seats.
0: Yeah. And that's
1: why we, it's got to be that amount also, because we pay the artists as well. So yeah, of one of the reasons people want to do it is a lot of artists, you'd be surprised how many artists play unpaid gigs, yeah. like at that level. A yeah, lot of man. them do, and what we do is we just basically say like we take the cost of the big break, it's out. Yeah. Power market, uh-huh. um, and then we split it 50-50 with the artist because uh, yeah. it's three days work for us essentially putting it together yeah. and we say artist oh, gets 50% That's amazing. And, like, yeah, great. and they get a great meal and everything and often yeah. they're people we know who are yeah, just have yeah, a good yeah. night anyway so. so it's just like
0: chilling with friends yeah
1: yeah absolutely It's that's exactly what Jess said actually when she came to the last one
0: so um this Gav come as well? is he involved? yeah, so,
1: yeah he did yeah absolutely because I'm,
0: I'm watching them man It's they're electric like their connection and the way that they just kind of I don't know, connect, man, is something I've never seen before.
1: And they played here, didn't they? Didn't they? Yeah, 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 they yeah. did, yeah, they did they, one they
0: song, man, but... Goodbye, Mr. Ray, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Song. beautiful, beautiful man. Yeah. And um, we're currently in negotiate. so Jess has asked me to sing, because they've got their new album coming out, so she wants to film some more content, so I said I'm happy to do that for free, just to come and... just to enjoy it, you know what I mean, just to be a part of it, so... um yeah, she says she's back in September. I'm not sure. I know she's in the States at the moment, yeah. so we've been WhatsApping and stuff. So really looking forward to that, man. Yeah. So what's the, you know, what's the big, what's the, what's the plan? So you're you're doing Stage Left nights. You're doing yeah. the supper club. You're doing um, what do you? Oh, Groucho Unplug. Yeah. And of course, you're doing Stage Left podcast. Yeah. You know what? So you're you're, you know, you're already getting really good traction. Yep. Yeah. You know, is the dream to be able to do it full time and to be able to pack in the nine to five? No, nope. no, okay. No,
1: because no, because I like. I mean, my nine to five is supporting people who are affected by sight loss, and I've always worked in the charity sector, and I, mm-hmm. I feel that everything I do, I want to um, go towards supporting someone else. And I, I see, rather than you know quitting a job and doing that, and, and I think the podcast does go along to helping young musicians. That's the whole point of it. Yeah. But I don't believe in doing one thing. No. Um, uh, the re- realistically, like the people don't make full-time living uh, a full-time living out of a podcast, but what it is is a great enabler to other
0: things. Yeah. So, um, that I mean, that would be my like. Yeah, ex- you've already established two other strings to your bow, you know, and it is just about looking yeah. at how you can expand that yeah. and, and, and I- building more assets or more kind of, you know, branches off of the the the, the stage level stage left brand that you've already kind of built which has already got such credibility yeah
1: and and that what you just said there the credibility and the integrity of it can never be compromised so i think the moment i'd be like okay i need to how can i make money because i've got to pay some bills yeah and like and and see this is my kind of main uh,
0: yeah and because you're already mission-led you know your mission is to you know educate young people that want to come into the music industry yeah and to be able to you know, access all of that information without funding, without, yeah. you know... Um, I mean, if, if, don't get me
1: wrong, if someone was like, you know, you know, I had an opportunity, I was offered the opportunity to, it was an early talk to do The Guardian's music podcast, um, but the realistic, the realistic outcome yeah, of that is that it was, it was less money than I'm earning, you no. like, it's not that well paid. I mean, no. it's like, yeah, yeah, am yeah. I going to sacrifice, like take a third, two-thirds of my weight, or a third out of my wages, and uh, it's, it's just, no, at the moment I'm happy doing. I'm in a really kind of content place where I know that it's been every episode I listen put out gets listened to well mm-hmm. and it gets good feedback. It gives me the opportunity to um, do lots of other things. So I see it as an enabler to earning a good income doing yeah. other things, rather than being the source of the income. Yeah. So if you think of so I was recently had like a, a coaching like I I've got a life coach and she was like, um, see it as Chris Simpson the business and then you have lots of different streams rather than mm-hmm. you have different streams and then go, Oh, why not making quite so much money out of this thing? You know, the realistic uh, you know, the, the world is that Mark Maron, who has the biggest podcast in the world, what the fuck with Mark Maron, who is so big that Barack Obama whilst president went on it and chose to go on that over going on Oprah Winfrey because the reach he would have, mm-hmm. he's, he's got a full time day to day job. Like, yeah. it's, it's, you know, you can get good stuff out of it, but it's the priceless experience is, yeah. is, is the thing that's, you know, um, I could reel off you know, having the,
0: it having the respect it as well. of my
1: people I l- respected and looked up to, you know, Steve Cropper, who wrote Sitting on Dock of the Bay, who is like the number one guest I ever went on, when I'm yeah. there, 74 years old, he said, "That's." Like it's the best thing we've ever done, like my favourite thing we've ever done. Yeah. And I remember when I told Russ that, Russ went, Yeah, he only said because 'cause he's got dementia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with yeah, cheek Um but yeah, so so yeah, it's it's I think the, if you get into a mindset of ch- you know, chasing you like started. chasing the sun and like I think there's a risk that it could compromise a particular mission of my podcast, that's what I would say. I think you can do it in different in, in, with different yeah. podcasts. Um, but you know, I know people who've had some of the biggest podcasts in the and they've got full time jobs, so yes, I mean, I still get a check in that's not very much every mm-hmm. every I think they send it every three months, yeah. um, which is like so little that it's not even worth mentioning. Yeah, but it's got 200,000 subscribers and it's had over a million listens and mm. um, it's had you know global reach, but um, it's more of an enabler to. Now there's other jobs basically yeah. in a nutshell that I get paid quite well for yeah that I wouldn't be paid as well for if I didn't have the integrity of the podcast yeah yeah bring that to the table this is what I do
0: for people like pay. Cool Brilliant. Um so what we're going to probably do now is just wrap up with some quick fire questions I'm going to nip off and get my iPad quickly do it um, so it's just going to basically be some
1: did you, did you watch Jess's one? I did yeah. Oh. Did you get Jess to sign that? Yeah. Yeah, nice. I
0: might. Um, I, uh, she said to bring it down and get Audrey to sign it because she said she was coming. Mm. down. Uh, Righty ho. So obviously we're both um, massive Oasis fanboys. We are. Um, favorite Oasis song? Ever. And I know it's like trying to pick one of your favorite kids. The Mastermind oh well i was going to say your favorite b-side but you've already answered that i just dream yes that's mine
1: i just dream or I always like uh, i got the fever
0: i know you said that when we met man and 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 then my estimations have you plunged down i've always had a a soft spot for i've got fever what is it about that song it's euphoric in the chorus
1: and um, was that all around the world Single. No, that's was a B-side to um, Stand, by Stand, Stand by Me. Yeah, yeah my I sister it was... love it. it goes into my sister love all the other way around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the fame used to love the fame as well. Yeah, the, the fame. fame but you... Going nowhere, man. Well, that was another one from that session. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you could just list endless ones. But Street Fighter song... Man
0: was pretty good as well the cover.
1: Yeah, but I kind of think. Yeah,
0: I'll, I'll, I'll kind of take a leave. Stay actually. Young was probably the best out Stay of that era. Great.
1: Stay Young's oh. great. I mean, there's so many great. Angel I tell you what, the Child most, the well, best, most obscure Oasis song. The not enough people talk about is who put the weight of the world on my shoulders. Yeah, that's
0: on the gold soundtrack, which is fucking amazing. Oh. Some of the orchestra and stuff. Um, so that's a bit of an. Un-hatable. What about you? Got the heart of a star. That's yeah. another one no one talks about. That's very nice. Yeah, I don't
1: love that one. It's a little bit, bit Christmassy.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you that, something about Christmas in a little while. I know, I know. Yeah. You tell me oh, that. Did you? <laughs> 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 I'll get myself into trouble. Yeah. I know you will. Yeah. All right, we better not talk about that. Yeah. Um, but first record you ever bought. Morning Glory was it and Park Life on the same day?
1: Uh, was it Park? No, hang on. Was it Park Life? Yeah, yeah, it was. That was the album. Was it called the Great Escape? Yeah,
0: the Great Escape. was the album. Yeah, 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 yeah. On the same day. First gig you ever attended?
1: Michael Jackson. Yes, at, me too. On the Bad tour oh. in 1988. Wow. And I've got a story which I am actually going to share, which is um, I'm four years old. My brother is six, and my dad had a box. And I don't know how he got this or the company he was working for got a box. And a woman walked in and said to me, would you like to meet Michael Jackson? And... Oh. I had only known Michael Jackson through seeing a bit of the Thriller video, because my dad had the Thriller video on, on VHS, yeah. and used to, and he was, was like, Neil Simpson's the only person who's got the Thriller video, so people had, to be, had the viewing parties of watching this video, and it frightened the shit out of me at four years old, as you imagine like it was probably Yeah, it yeah, of course. Right? So I would start crying and going to my mum, no, no, I don't uh, want to meet, right. I don't want to meet. <laughs> So then my mum's going, Chris, you're going, right, because this is like the greatest <laughs> opportunity ever. Like, In hindsight, so, yeah. probably not the best idea. So then I'm hiding behind my mum like this, yeah. right, hiding behind and going, no, don't let me go, don't we go, don't we go? And my mum's going, Chris, come on, you've got to go. And then eventually, looks to the woman and says, What about his brother? And the woman looks at my brother, who's six years old, and said, No, he's too old.
0: Oh, <laughs> on that note, most interesting person you've met, fucking hell, Stuart Lee. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, really?
1: what well, interesting in what co-
0: does it s- I don't know, most interesting. The po- like, I have a podcast, no, go- go- just, go- or even like, you know, in passing. Most interesting person I've met. There's a, a great uh, influence on me a guy
1: called Neil Thew, who you won't know. He was like a mentor of mine uh, when I was at university, and he just had a very challenging life, and um, he's done like he, he's like taught Harvard and stuff like that. And he's just someone who um, I wouldn't be where I am and doing what I'm doing mm-hmm. if hadn't been for the way he kind of approaches. Like got me to coaching and stuff like that and wow. um, yeah, he's just a, a, a great man He's had a very challenging life and continues to um, but, but changes the life of other people on a regular basis.
0: Amazing. Oasis or Bleu? Oasis. Liam or no? Paul. Oh, very diplomatic.
1: Mick or Keith? Keith, I played a guitar that Keith Richards played about two weeks ago, I played a guitar that Keith Richards has played. Wow. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah. I so. I was like fucking Keith. Richards I tell you what, when it.
0: I was watching the thing with um, Jess, I didn't realise that you played the guitar and she sang some songs. Yeah, that, yeah, that think, must yeah. have been amazing. Yeah, that was. Because when great. I suggested it, because she, I, I knew that Castle a Shadow was her favourite song, and I said, would you be up for doing a yeah. cover? She said, if you play it. And I just sold my guitar, and I was oh, like, "Shit!" Yeah, man. That's a shame. There's one out there, and I'm not—it's sure, it's my landlord. So I wasn't sure when
1: I went to Christian Madden's house in Clitheroe, who is Liam's keyboardist. Yeah, um, we were jamming out rock, um, like rocking chair, and uh, some might say, which is a beautiful moment because he played the, plays those acoustically on the piano. Oh. And then his son—he his son wants to play, sing rock and roll star, but Christian, if you watch their gigs, never plays on that song. He comes on at the end of Morning Glory and plays on the third song, which is Nobody walled glass. And so, so um, Christian's wife and like the son, the boy's mum was just like, oh, do you know how to play rock and roll stuff?" He's always wanted to do this. So I'm like, yeah, all right. So I'm sitting there. Christian doesn't know how to play rock and roll style, who's in <laughs> Liam's band. I play the whole thing. The son's playing all the way through it. And then Christian just joined in at the end, where it's like, doom, 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 It comes in the wrong key. <laughs> it's
0: like, <laughs> but we've, we rectified it. Yeah, uh, so that's cool. Lennon McCartney.
1: Lennon, I've got a piece of Lennon's front door from the Tittenhouse building in my lounge. It's my most important piece of music memorabilia, but the more I'm learning about the Beatles, you should listen to a podcast called Shut Up Let's Just Talk About The Beatles, you realise that a lot of the things you think Lennon is credited for, the, the production techniques and stuff like that, like on Tomorrow Never Knows, it's all McCartney's
0: ideas. Wow. Beatles or The Stones? Beatles. Black or white? Doesn't matter. Ha <laughs> amazing. Um, Looks or personality? Personality. Arsenal or Spurs? Spurs. City or United? United for the history. New York or LA?
1: I've only been to New York, so I'd say New York.
0: Yeah. uh, Positive or negative? Positive. Love or fear? Fear, because I think you can
1: work with that to turn it into a positive.
0: Amazing. Peace or war? Peace. Who was your favourite wrestler when you were a kid? Ultimate Warrior. Yes! <laughs> Chris, you've been an amazing guest, thank you so much. I think we've still got half a bottle of champagne to drink. Let's enjoy it. Thank you, thank thank you very well. much.